2: What's going on, everybody? It is here! As you are listening to this, the Miami Dolphins have begun training camp, and more importantly, they have put on the pads. That means Joshua Houts, that means Jake Mendel will both be here to give you everything you need to know about what's going on in camp. This year, as reporters, fans cannot be in attendance live tweeting. Yes, we're going to hear from the reporters, but we're here to give you everything that you might have missed and you're road to work, wherever you might be going. Maybe you're just dancing around the house. Listen to this. Thanks for joining us. And before I introduce my buddy Howitz here, I want to remind you all to please, please, please hit that subscribe button. It is completely free. Leave a review. Hopefully give us some five-star ratings. That stuff helps us out so, so much. It makes us able to do what we're doing for you guys here. And without further ado, Josh, we got football news!
0: Yeah, man, this is awesome. I mean, I think... We all needed this with everything going on in 2020. They put on the pads. We're getting some clips of, you know, Tua throwing some passes. We're hearing things about Josh Rosen. We'll dive into as much as we can because we know they're being very tight-lipped about what's going on. But we heard from some players today, so we're going to dive right into this. First padded practice for the Miami Dolphins. Jake, it's exciting times. You know, we're one step closer to finally seeing what the 2020 Dolphins are and finally seeing how the season's going to look. It's exciting. We got a little bit of, you know, little couple nuggets here and there. We heard about the Josh Rosen thing. What do you want to start off first with here about what we heard about today with padded practice?
2: I think we have to talk about what might have made you more upset than anything else that could have happened today. Me, I'm not really in the (laughs) same um, mindset of it as you are, but we have Preston Williams returning from an ACL injury. Um And everyone's saying, you know, he's looking healthy. He was out there battling with Byron Jones. And, I mean, if you want stiff competition, I mean, that is just the way to do it. Um, but there was one line. You screenshotted it. You tweeted it. If you, haven't, if you don't follow him and you missed it, at H-O-U-T-Z on Twitter, that's Houts. Uh, Josh, let's talk through it here. Preston Williams was working as a punt returner.
0: Yeah, man, and this is just so frustrating. And if you guys have followed me for a little bit, you know that I was very adamant. You know, I thought Preston Williams was going to be a very good player. Uh, I said before, Chris Kaufman at three yards per carry is kind of the guy that turned me on to Preston Williams and his skill set. But, I mean, he just has that aura. And we're sitting here talking about how him and, you know, Devontae Parker are going to be that, that next tandem. Why are you playing one of these, like, prolific wide receivers back there as a punt returner? We know this is a big guy. We know he got hurt last season doing this. And it's just so frustrating. I was a huge Ray Raquel McMillan fan, and, you know, I was so excited for his debut. And we know what happened on special teams. And then last year, Preston Williams looked like he was going to be possibly the Dolphins' leading wide receiver. He gets hurt. He was leading most rookies in, you know, targets and receptions and all that good stuff before he went down. Why the hell is he back there returning punts when you got Malcolm Perry, when you got Jakeem Grant, when you got, you know, Noah Igbenogany. The list goes on and on of players that you should have back there returning punts over Preston Williams. I get that all these guys gotta pay their dues. You know, Preston Williams probably wants to be back there just to work on his on his hands, but God, please no. Please in live game in action, please do not even experience this or experiment with this. We do not need to see it. This yes, this this had me uh, it still has me a little upset. This is this is crazy.
2: And like I get I, I 100% get where you're coming from, and I completely understand it. But there was another very talented player that the Dolphins could not afford to lose who used to also return kicks, and uh, actually won a game for the Dolphins returning a kick. And that was a Mr. One and Only Jarvis Landry. So I, 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 agree with you in a sense here, but, but just to kind of be the devil's advocate um, you know, everyone thinks about offense and defense and that special teams, almost not necessarily a practice squad, but as a situation where players work on it, work there and work their way up, you know, you mentioned Raquan McMillan, you know, a lot of these different guys start on the, you know, you make your mark on special teams, but just because you make your mark on special teams doesn't mean you should necessarily leave there. Emo- you both, Just mentioned both Malcolm Perry and uh, Jakeem Grant, two potential guys who could do this job. Both of them have issues fumbling the football. We saw that a lot with Grant last year. Malcolm Perry, that was the case in college. So Preston Williams, I mean, whether he's returning the kicks all the time or just on occasion like Jarvis Landry did, I think this is really important for the Dolphins to have a guy like this, a sure-handed guy who is going to be smart enough to decipher do I catch it even though it's inside the 20 do I let it bounce do I let that risk into the uh, end zone I think those are things the Dolphins are really thinking about well I am pretty much gonna agree with you 100% that Preston Williams shouldn't be the guy returning kicks I'm not necessarily against it because I think uh, you know special teams might not be the most important thing in the world And, you know, coaches will be the first one to tell you that's wrong. And, you know, there's three fasts to the game. Special teams is just important, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, someone returning those kicks needs to be someone very sure-handed, someone you can really trust. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, very good wide receiver, was returning kicks for years. And I'm sure, you know, if he's health issues that get his way, he'd still be doing it. I think Preston Williams is 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 smart enough. The Rayquan McMillan thing, I think I'd agree with you a bit more in the sense of I don't think having a linebacker quote-unquote paying his dues on special teams is nearly that important and that helpful to your team than having a fifth or sixth rounder who is going to go all out on those special teams and make those plays and and, and is trying to get known. Compared to where I think here, Preston Williams returning kicks, I think you need someone who is not only incredibly talented, somebody you can trust, somebody who's safe back there, and that's why I think I'm going to have to side with uh, the coaching staff here, and I'm, I'm pretty okay with Preston Williams working on that punt return team.
0: Yeah, and it's always better to side with the coaches because, you know, they get paid a hefty amount of money (laughs) to make these decisions. But for me, I remember I did the research last year, and I can't remember. I'm not going to sit here and search a tweet on this whole thing because my blood's already boiling. But Preston Williams is 6'5". So when you compare that to a guy that's, you know, a 5'11", Jarvis Landry, to me, I always see these punt returners as these kind of – shifty speedy little guys and you got a guy like Preston Williams he just doesn't fit that frame and I think he was probably like far and away the tallest you know the biggest wide receiver returning punts at all last season um so for me I think that they should be safe with him uh you know you obviously don't want him back there I think again we named a plethora of options they're going to have that are probably better and more effective in the receiving game but as we've talked about time and time again 2020 season uncertainties some of these players are going to have to step up so I think that's why Preston Williams back there um, we're going to shift focus to the quarterbacks and it's funny because last week we made a joke and how you know you look at this and we Flores mentioned quarantining quarterbacks and we joked how maybe they should have an emergency quarterback like a Josh Rosen who's just kind of off by himself if you need him in game time you know you call upon him Josh Rosen all the hype today and uh, besides the Tua coming out and wearing his shells and you know throwing 15 yard slant routes and making some throws here and there was this throw from Josh Rosen. And again, we can't talk a lot about what happened. We can only report what other reporters have said or what we learned from these players in the interviews earlier today. But Josh Rosen apparently connected with Jakeem Grant on a bomb and they were calling this a throw of the day. It's pretty exciting. I I can, I can kind of imagine, you know, you see Omar Kelly penning articles about Josh Rosen and you know, his stock being up how much of this team wants the Dolphins to pen those articles and have Josh Rosen's hype go crazy? You know, mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if we see this play come out if they have footage of it, which I'm sure they do. And you know, that hype's going to build. Again, 2020, I don't think I'd roll the dice and maybe part ways with Josh Rosen. But all it takes is a quarterback for another team going down, and all of a sudden, Josh Rosen could fetch a pretty nice draft pick where otherwise maybe couldn't. I I know we talked about. Pr- preseason this year being a huge chance for him and other players to showcase what they had this is what they got this year so josh rosen making the throw of the day in the first pad of practice what are your thoughts on that and is is there anything that we should take away from this
2: Uh, i think we're we're going to take away exactly what the dolphins wants to take away i don't think josh rosen was ever viewed as a quarterback who couldn't play in the nfl um, if you think back to last season, you know I think it was some of the most gorgeous footwork in the pocket I've ever seen, and there were multiple occasions where the the receivers did drop bombs from Rosen. His deep ball has never been the issue, uh, but but the thing here I think we all need to keep in mind is is like I just said, the Dolphins are gonna let us know whatever they want to let us know regarding these players, and you know we just saw today two ACL injuries, uh, Gerald McCoy of the Cowboys being one, but I mean. Th- Doing a situ- season like this without the preseason games, I mean, I'm not going to say there's a better chance that players are going to get injured because I don't think we really can compare this to any other season. But what we can say is that we don't know. We truly don't know how, uh, you know... the operating this way for this type of season is going to impact the health of these players. But I mean, again, I'm not wishing injury on anyone. I'm actually very excited to see someone like Philip Rivers on the Colts. But say Philip Rivers goes down week five, six in an injury. The Colts are, let's say six and oh, for the sake of they have a very, very good football team. You maybe are thinking, let's risk it. You know, let's try a second round pick for Josh Rosen. Even then, I don't know if I'd do it because we paid a second round pick. I don't want to come out even on this trade. I think when you're involved with the quarterback, going even is like keeping a Ryan Tannehill around. It's safe. You're going to be happy sometimes, but at the end of the day, you're not winning a Super Bowl. Nothing against Ryan Tannehill, but I want to keep Josh Rosen to whether we get a King's ransom for him after another year of hype, or maybe they they have a master plan where we're going to see so many videos via drone of him just throwing so many bombs, whereas another team does say, you know what? Let's risk it. Let's use a first round pick on Josh Rosen. We're right there. I think we can do this. We'll use an, you know, that type of thing. Or Josh Rosen spends his entire career in Miami. It's a backup. Is what it is. And, you know, we're happy with it. I'm fine with that too. The second round pick. I don't think I would ever be happy in any scenario, especially this season, of the Dolphins getting back a second round pick for Josh Rosen. That just isn't a deal I, I don't think a winning football team would necessarily make.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And I've supported Josh Rosen. You know, I was a big supporter of him coming out throughout the draft process. Hope the Dolphins drafted him. We know it didn't happen. They made that trade. I'm still all for it. Again, the guy's 23. He's younger than Joe Burrow. Um, you, know, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, you, he's making minimal money over the next few years. You're going to eventually need that backup quarterback because Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to be around forever. I have no, no issues with it. What I will say is Maybe we should reach out to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we see the videos they're putting out on their website. They're doing incredible work. I mean, they should be able to use this Adobe suite to go in there and, you, you know, edit some of these throws and just make Josh Rosen like, you know, throwing passes through walls and just doing all these crazy things to build up that hype because, again, they're a talented unit. So that's what I would do. I would keep Josh Rosen around. I would try to build up this hype. Again, I think they're talented enough to do some, you know, Scorsese type things and, and drive up that interest but one guy that is absolutely not going to ever no matter how much video editing or you know the digital (laughs) staff in the Miami Dolphins do is ever going to change the way many of us view him is Kalen Balaj. and a little bit of it was reported today that Eric Rowe forced the fumble on Kalen Balaj. I think he had a drop I mean this is a guy who even in this article they say he needs to have a strong camp to stick I don't know what else to say, but other than I think you and I are both, we were down on Kalen Balaj when he was decent or when the fans thought he was decent. I mean, every day he just, it's his stock goes down and I just, I really don't have anything else to say other than I, I think Kalen Balaj is going to be another football team very soon.
2: I have to keep bringing up Kalen Balaj, And I just think it's important when you're speaking about a, a running back to really kind of keep track of him because it can be here in a minute and, and gone the next. And, I, there's so much, you know, history of both of us saying how uh, disappointed, I guess, we've been of Kalen Balaj, what we really don't see from him and what we want to see from him. And I thought he was going to be um, close to a lock for making the team for the sake of, I thought he was going to kind of come in, do his thing kind of. He's been in the league for three years at this point, kind of he's a veteran. It's crazy to say that Kalen Baj is a veteran. but I thought he'd kind of come in do what he had to do, get his work done and look decent enough on film where it's all right he's gonna be the third or fourth running back uh goal line guy like he was last year. We know he isn't gonna fumble. Here he is fumbling on the first pattic practices. This is kind of just like it, it it's disappointing in the sense like I said I wasn't expecting much from him. I expected him to be kind of a near lock for the team though and this is like this is should be really concerning for him to kind of be doing this this type of stuff but there's two sides of every coin you know whether we think that the defense is playing well and the offense is having troubles uh eric Rowe. it's great to see him being physical that's why he was so strong against tight ends last season he has no issue getting in people's faces um and you know he had a strong season last year and it's exciting to see the dolphins actually give people contracts who uh, can actually play after they're given that contract extension. Shout out Andre branch. So that's good to see, but I mean, man, I just wanted to put this ballage Ballage stuff here because I I thought he was a relative walk, and people are going to say you know it was obvious he was going to make the team the fumbling was never an issue for him i thought for sure he'd come in do three yards a carry walk right in as the third or fourth guy just because he's a veteran he knows the system he understands uh the game of football to, to the point where the dolphins can trust him to get five carries a game if he needs them but i mean this is this ain't, ain't good for him whatsoever
1: today's episode is brought to you by cars.com
0: No, not at all. And we're talking about running backs. And it just reminded me today was Patrick Laird's birthday. So I don't know if we're going to get this out today, but happy birthday, Patrick Laird. He's a guy that I do think is going to make the roster. And, uh, you know, let's just move on from Kalen Balaj and and hope that, you know, he proves us wrong, sticks around, and becomes a valuable asset to this team. But he's fighting an uphill battle for sure. We're talking about the running backs. You may as well shift focus to the offensive line. And we learned a lot today uh, between. Ted Karras' interview, and earlier this week, Eric Flowers, we know he came off the COVID-19 list. We talked about how concerning that was to us, just you know, based on the value that he has in that offensive line. He is now off. We know the offensive line is going to be almost like musical chairs, just like we saw last preseason, to be completely honest. But as Ted Karras said, you know, the best five players are going to play. He said he hopes he's one of them. And we're just going to throw out this first quote here, and it was reported by one of the Dolphin Beat writers. He asked a question to Ted Karras and asked him, Uh, you know, about Solomon Kinley getting reps as the starting right guard. So I don't know if it'll be reported by others, but he has – It is. it was asked that he was, you know, the starting right guard. He was taking reps, Solomon Kinley, as a starting right guard. Here's what Karras had to say about playing next to him. It's really fun to play next to him. He works really hard. He's a cool dude, and he's, he's really working hard. We're going to need him to work hard. He's a very good football player. I'm excited every time I get to go into battle with him. So, I mean, this is awesome to hear because we talked about the youth on this offensive line and how this preseason, the lack of preseason, no preseason would affect their uh, you know, their development this offseason. This is great to hear this about Solomon Kinley because he was a guy that we know the Dolphins traded up for. They obviously felt very high about him, but he was kinda getting lost in the shuffle when you would talk about the offensive linemen, the rookie offensive linemen, you know, Austin Jackson, Hunt. We won't really talk about Kinley that much to hear that he's the guy that's going out there getting reps as a starting guard. That's big news to me. And to hear Ted Carrass, you know, a guy who played against a Joe Tooney up in, you know, New England to sit here and have this high praise for Kinley one day in pads. I mean, it's pretty high praise. Obviously, we got temper expectations, but uh, I'm excited. I, that's all I can say, because, again, the offensive line is going to be much improved this year compared to what we saw last year. Thoughts on Solomon Kinley and just Ted Kras' thoughts altogether.
2: Yeah, I was I, I'm pretty excited uh, I guess it's one way to put it because I thought for sure it'd be an uphill battle for most of these guys on the offensive line. I don't think it's any surprise that a lot of people around the league, I mean, whatever responses you want to listen to hear, read about the dolphins reach for quite a bit of guys. At least that's kind of the, the outside thought. And whether we think it's a reach or not, that just kind of means that a lot of these guys need some time to develop. I mean, we said it time and time again about Austin Jackson ain't walking in and being Laramie Tunsil, but we're kind of hoping these guys can grow into what we want them to be. And when Robert Hunt was drafted in the second round, big, uh, big bob hunt i guess that's my my nickname for him i thought he was gonna step in at guard right away and just be a great guard but with him the idea is to let him play right tackle it might take him a little longer to develop but they think it's possible and the that i didn't necessarily think was a great idea i thought if you could plug and play a guard and have him solidified for the next 10 to 12 years sign me up but What you're seeing here is Kinley getting in the mix right away with the veterans. Hopefully he can step in and, you know, having both those guys on the offensive line week one would be a great thing. But, you know, I think about fourth round tackle or guards and, and offensive linemen, the dolphins have taken the past. and, And I just don't remember anything good because clearly none of them are still on the team. So I was hoping, you know, Kinley might, or I was thinking Kinley might take a little time. So you throw Robert Hunt, in there at guard and you try to still figure out uh, that right tackle maybe next year or something like that but this is great to see you love to see uh the veterans i mean with eric flowers still not necessarily working he's, he's got to get that conditioning up um with with crass out there as the veteran the guy who's been around for a while saying that those that praise for kinley excuse me it's great to see he also added uh about the offensive line in a whole that he loves the new terminology he thinks it's fascinating to learn another language in football as far as technique and nuances uh he said he's going to do exactly what the coaches ask they're putting us in a situation to exceed and i'm excited to get to work every day that's such an incredible message in the sense of you know you're going to work that's you know we spoke about in last episode they see what minka fitzpatrick couldn't everything might not make look obvious that, hey, you're going to be in the best situation. You're going to have success. Don't worry. You're not even going to win a game. The offensive line, especially Kress, having him have that open mindset as the leader is so great to see because all these young guys, the Hunts, the Austin Jackson, Julian Davenport, still a young player, Michael Dieter, young, Jesse Davis, he's hanging around. (laughs) But, um you know, you love to see that they're all working and they understand that, hey, we know what we're going for. Our focus is... We're going to come in, we're going to get better, and we have an opportunity to succeed. That isn't what Micah Fitzpatrick thought, and that's kind of going to be the last I leave about him, which is fine, you know, he's out, he's thriving, whatever. But I love seeing everyone kind of buy into that message. Uh, Karras was also asked what the offensive line could look like. His answer was right out of Brian Flores' mouth. Crass uh, said the best five players will play, and his only job is to work and make sure he's one of those guys. He said it's a good group with good coaches. It's on us to go out there and execute when the time comes. Josh, there isn't anything huge here, but you love to hear that Kinley's out there. He's getting the snaps early because, I mean, these are the scrimmage, the practice, the preseason game snaps for the sake of the argument of the 2020 season. These are the key snaps if we want to see these guys on open day.
0: Yeah, every rep's going to count, and that's kind of you know the mentality of this offseason. These guys got to go out there, and instead of having those preseason games, to, you know, knock off some of that rust and and get acclimated to the NFL speed once again, after having a slight off season, you know, they got these padded practices and Jerome Baker said they were going out there as hard as they could, you know, they were going out there and they were playing, uh, with a, a never say die attitude. And that's kind of what you want to hear in the first padded practice. I'm sure these players were hyped as we heard. And, um, you know, they've all bought into Brian Flores' system, and we're not going to sit here and make this another, uh, you know, a kumbaya about how great he is. But you can t- hear from these players and, you know, just how much they obviously love the game and, and, and love what they're building here in Miami, that they have all bought into Brian Flores' culture. It wouldn't be a house podcast without a little Tua Loa talk. We know Ted Carras today, again, spoke with the media. This is what he had to say about Tua's leadership. I think he always handles himself well. I think he's a very impressive young man. I don't have too many nuggets for him, but I'll help him out when he needs it, which isn't often. It's coming together. We're getting there one day at a time. And then Kyle Van Noy was also asked about the young quarterback, and he shut things down real quick. Uh, He basically said, I'm only going to answer questions about the defense, or Kyle Van Noy. I will not be talking about the quarterback, so... We got a little bit from Karas, but that was all we got from these players. It sounds like Tua Tumvalo is coming along. We got to see some. Uh, I think it was Will Manzo of one of the local stations down there in Florida has some footage that we can embed into the article on the Finnsider, but we, you can see him out there. He, he looks good. It, it seems like he's all systems go, and you know he's just taking it one day at a time. This is a guy that's going to, just like any of these rookies and just like we mentioned, are going to have to make the most out of these reps but for Tua Tonavailoa, you know, this is a guy coming off a major injury. This is a young player that doesn't need to be rushed out there. You know, we need to figure out the offensive line before we figure out what to do with Tua because we know what Tua is. We, like, Tua is the future of the Miami Dolphins, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback And now. So there, there's no rushing him into there, but it sounds like he's coming along. And you can see the videos. You can see the things that the Dolphins are putting out there. He looks good. Uh, he's got fans excited, and we're still – Again, we're still waiting for this uniform picture. It it can't be that hard, you know. Put up the backdrop and and put him in his full uniform and send out those photos because I'm personally getting a little sick of it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean they wasted no time. Uh, the Buccaneers, that is, with the Brady and the Gronk pictures. So I, I yeah, think his, we're his butt much...
0: chin wasn't his butt chin was in a uniform <laughs> real quick, but they're taking their time with Tua.
2: <laughs> yeah, Tua also uh, threw a bomb to Grant, who beat Nick Needham in coverage. Uh, Grant also t- caught a bomb from Josh Rosen. Grant having a great day. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of these. Uh, I guess right now they're second string, but they're going to see a lot. The second string guys are going to get every chance they can to look really strong. Uh, Just because I, like I said, Rosen's capable and Tua obviously should be capable to be a franchise quarterback. So I think that's fun to see Josh. I thought it was a little impressive that, I made sure to incorporate some Tua talk, and you still brought him up before we even had a note about it in the uh, rundown. So that's great to see. But man, I, I think it's exciting. I think everybody's waiting for this Tua stuff, and I, I kind of spoke about this on you know Twitter earlier. And there was uh, the Carolina Panthers posted a clip of you will not believe what. Um, Christian McCaffrey did in uh, practice today. And this, that kind of feels like where this is all going. It's a little upsetting because training camp always had a nice like fan brand to it uh, with the tweets, everything like that. The the videos, they're all grainy from the crowd. And, and we kind of, a lot of people, I think, including yourself, joined Twitter for training camp updates. So as, you know, the teams start to... I guess, tighten tighten up on these things uh, like training camp. It's a little upsetting because it, it closes off some of that passion that we get. Obviously, fans weren't going to be there this year either way. But not having the reporters live tweet anything, it, you can tell that these teams are going to start either looking forward to streaming entire practices and you pay to watch them or they're going to just post highlights on their own and make you click on their stories which again there's no issue with that it's their team it's their brand but it's it's a little disappointing and and again things could go back to normal next year and and they'll be back to fans live tweeting and whatnot uh but but i mean it would have been so cool just to get you know 12 to 15 different videos of Tua walking out for the first time or or just rolling out even if he's not completing a pass. I think that's uh exciting enough to just see him, you know, roll out and not even throw it. I think everyone including yourself, myself would all eat that up. But uh you know, it is what it is and it's hey, we're seeing him complete bombs. He seems clean out there. He seems healthy. Kyle Van Noy, I think hit the nose on or the nail on the head. Uh there's no really point to talk about it because it isn't until we see him in game time that it really means anything.
0: Yeah, and um we got a little bit more Kyle Van Noy talk here and the first thing he said when he stepped up to his press conference is it it's hot as shit, so obviously he's getting acclimated very nicely. I think the biggest thing that bothers me, and it's not only, you're right, I joined Twitter to to see the Omar Kellys and the Armandos and, you know, the fan videos to to see what the Dolphins are doing. But I think what bothers me most, and a lot of us sit here and we say, you know, Brian Flores came from New England. This is New England way. I'm seeing videos of Cam Newton. You know, you're seeing Brian Hoyer out there throwing passes. They're up there. Some reporters are up there in New England recording those practices. So so what's going on? What are the Dolphins doing? I, I get that this is Brian Flores' way. He's very incognito. He doesn't want the media, I guess, to, to report anything, but, uh, I think it takes away, like you said, a little bit of us being fans and just, you know, want to eat it up. And in this year of all times, you know, we want to just inject as much Miami dolphins football into our veins to kind of take our minds off other things. But to wrap it up, uh, this will be what the last thing we talk about on this podcast is Kyle Van Noy, And we know he's a leader. We know the dolphins brought him in. We know his familiarity in Brian Flores defense. Um, He came out today and he said about being reunited with Flores, I want to be a leader on this team. I just hope to lead by example with the way I work every day. As a professional, I want to be the best teammate I can be. Yes, I'm familiar with the defense. I know how Flo wants things done. He then went on to what he passes on to the younger guys. I think the advice that I've passed on to them, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You want to inhale as much information as you can. You want to work on your craft each and every day, get better each and every day. So it's it's huge to just see what Kyle Van Noy not only means in this defense schematically, but what he means to some of these younger guys. And I'll throw out this last quote before I get your take on all this. Jerome Baker said about Kyle Van Noy's knowledge: "It helps me every day. Since the day he walks in, he's been in my ear about everything and anything. He's definitely been a great mentor and an older vet. I always make fun of him because he's the second oldest player on the team. So Kyle Van Noy is crazy to think, cause he's 29, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick's 37. So." You know, the type of knowledge that he has compared to a lot of these players is second to none. But just to hear how much he means to that defense, not only as a player on and off the field, I mean, it's going to do a lot for these young linebackers. What are your thoughts on Kyle Van Noy and the and, and defense as a whole?
2: You know, I'm excited about it because he kind of follows the same uh, motions as Karras does in the sense of we're just kind of focusing on every day and knowing today isn't, you know, the... The, you know the final hour or something like that where everything kind of boils down because we saw the the year I brought it up the Patriots are 0-3 um everyone's kind of always said that the Patriots treat September is like a elongated preseason um they were 0-3 Dolphins 3-0 this must have been what was this 2017 2018 1-2 um it all just kind of blends together at this point but um Patriots killed them. Patriots went right back in track, long playoff run, yada, 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 where the Dolphins 3-0 really stumbled from there. Uh, Even the same thing was true in 2013. Dolphins started 3-0. They beat Atlanta. I remember Deion Sims' fade in the corner is what did it. But what we're seeing here is that there isn't going to be a panic button once, you know, you win a couple games, that first or second loss. Those bad thoughts are going to creep in because these guys, these veterans... These young old veterans understand the importance of pace, the importance of a 16 game season and the importance of every game mattering, every practice mattering. And, you know, that's just kind of the key and that's what our young guys really need to focus on. Um, Everybody was present at practice, which is great to see other than Xavier Howard, who is one of just 12 players on in the entire NFL who are on the COVID list. That is incredible to see. That is absolutely fantastic. That's roughly 2,500 players, only 12 of them on the list. Hopefully X is isn't on there too much longer. Hopefully we see him out there battling with Devontae Parker soon enough. That'd be a lot of studying. It's really cool seeing videos of Devontae Parker walking on the field saying, let's get to work i'm ready you know as a veteran a guy who's actually been there done that now something we've been hoping we could say for years so that is great to see as well josh i mean we got football news going forward uh this show was a little on the lighter side we're gonna try to build up to two shows a week now with everything that's going on in terms of football news in order to just kind of keep talking about it this is what we wanted and you know everybody was saying that it's when they're out in the field, it seemed weird to not have a mask on instead of, you know, we've had masks on for so long. It seemed weird that football was the biggest thing for three hours. I mean, we're getting more and more of that as we get close to the season. You It's great to see. I love to see it. Josh, it's football season, my friend. Be sure to hit that subscribe button out there who's listening. It helps us out so, so much. Leave a five-star review. Again, we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough to our re- listeners who take the time to listen to our show and make it possible. So Josh, any last thoughts?
0: No man, I'm I'm with you. Glad we finally have padded practice. Glad we can see these little Instagram v- videos like you said these teaser these guys running out of the the tunnel drone baker dancing. It's all we have right now to to see what this team's doing and I'm excited
2: So, yeah, if you want to make sure you're there for when we're doing two shows a week, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, leave a rate. It helps us out so, so much. Helps us kind of spread our wings quite a bit. For the Jake and Josh Show, I'm Jake. We'll see you guys soon. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up,
0: man. Have a good day, man. Fins up.